Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good with Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. And all God's people said, amen. Good news. We are three years old today. God is good. Uh, in case you were worried, I feel fully competent of being able to follow that up. So, uh, Pastor Luke's words to me right before I came up here was, good luck. So, uh, really thankful for that encouragement. I'm so thankful to be here this morning. It's going to be a little bit of a different Sunday, but I trust that you're going to be extremely blessed. Um, more than three years ago, this church was an idea, followed up with a lot of prayers, and a lot of conversations and many, many, many steps of obedience, starting first um, with two people that are sitting in the front row here today um, that we'll speak to. Um, but as today we look back on three years of miracles, we are so thankful that we get to stand firmly on all the promises that God has made and look forward to many, many more miracles. I want to be very clear that if you were here from the very beginning, uh, I wasn't. There were meetings at hotels. I think there was a pretty significant time at an Indian restaurant, I believe. Anybody here in the room, you remember some of those days? You had some hand raised. Um, if you were part of that, or if you were just recently making this uh, part of your world and stepping in, we want you to know that you are part of this story, and we are so, so thankful. Good News in the Neighborhood is not the only good church, and a church doesn't have to be exactly like Good News to be a good church, but we are extremely thankful for what God has done and is doing here. And so in those days when Good News in the Neighborhood was just an idea, I remember when Luke called me on the phone, he was out on the West Coast and I was down South, and uh, the very first time he was like, man, I'm thinking, like, thinking, what do you think about the idea if I like went back to Chicago and planted a church? And I was like, I, I told you, uh, that might be the Holy Spirit, because I know that you would never come up with that idea. <laughs> and, um, and it has been amazing to watch from the very beginning and to see that. But since the very beginning, out on the West Coast, when it was an idea, when it was a thought, when it was prayers, when it was small steps of obedience followed by bigger steps of obedience, there were certain values that always formed the ideas, and today we're going to look at those. Celebrating and remembering is an extremely biblical concept. All through the Bible, when God is working through and in and around his people, he constantly calls them to remember. Do not forget. The moment we forget, bad things are coming. And so this morning, we are committing ourselves to not just the celebrating, but in the celebrating, remembering who we are and why we are and how all this has come together. And so I just want to invite you this morning as we celebrate, as we take joy, as we are grateful for the people and the things that God has done in this place and the things that God has done in us in this place, we're going to think about these values and we're going to commit ourselves to remembering and not forgetting. And so we're going to be looking at these four values. 
And so this first one, Christian, you're going to uh, come up. We've got some exciting things. We're going to be getting into God's word. We're going to be meeting some people. We're going to be looking at good to everyone. How you guys doing today? Y'all all right? Bobby, can you move this podium over here? I'm going to instruct you what to do this morning. It's all right. I am so excited about being ahead of you, before you, engaging with you on this morning. I can't tell you how I really didn't want to do this. Am I right? But I prayed and I prayed and honestly, God is good because God brings things full circle. The song that Kim sung today was a song I used to sing when I was 11 years old and I would go pray with people. And I couldn't help but cry because I was like, God, you are so good. You help us to remember all good things, even the small things. And I'm so blessed to be here because even my husband, my husband's here today. We didn't know how we got to Illinois. Every time I mention we're from Raleigh, North Carolina, they're like, why are you here? Amen? Why are you here? But I'm going to move forward. We're going to be talking about being good for everyone. You guys say good for everyone. We have to be good for everyone if we are going to be a church that is on the move and a church that is in the community. So many times we see churches, they are insular. People are in the church. They are doing worship, but they are not outside of the walls. Because let me tell you something, there's people outside of these walls that are hurting and they need a savior. But not only that, they need resources. Because not everybody has the same resources. So we are so blessed here to have generous givers who are able to help us reach people who honestly, most of you guys would not even interact with on a daily basis. So right now, I'm going to call forward our partners from Lawndale Christian Legal Center, and they are going to talk about the new program that we are instituting this year, um, where we'll be hiring someone doing community release with support, okay? This is a great program. You can come forward. This is a great program that we're going to be doing and working alongside of them, and they're going to give you a little bit more information about it. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. God is a good God, isn't he? Uh, when, when they told me I had to come to church, I said, I'm going to miss my service, but I'm glad that God can be everywhere at all times because I know he's here. So I would say he bypassed my church if that's what's going on. Amen. Amen. Oh, King of King, Lamb of God, Prince of Peace, the bomb in Gilead, the great I am. Uh, in Genesis, it says that uh, God remembered Noah and the flood subsided. There are people that are forgotten and they're going through some floods. And that's why we do the work that we do. Lawndale Christian Legal Center. Uh, my name is Ernest Wilson. I'm the director of procedural justice. And uh, I'm going to give you a little bit. I'm going to turn the mic over to our uh, uh, VP of external affairs. Is that his new title? Okay. Um, so basically, just in a nutshell, what we do, I manage an intake team and a community team. We literally go inside the jails. Right now, we're in Cook County Jail, we're in Maywood Jail, and we're going to start coming into Rolling Meadows and Palatine. And we talk to these individuals, and I'm not going to give you the, uh, uh, the, 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 the fancy speech on it, but just in layman's terms, we want to find out why you're here and what we could do to keep you from coming back want to reduce recidivism, and want to get to the core. So community release with support. want to release you in the community with the support so that you don't come back. So we go in, we do an intake, we get all the information from you, uh, from your living situation to what it is that you need, and when you get out, we give you a call. 
and that's my community team, and they reach out, and we talk about the information that you gave. And what we do is we reach out, and we, with, with the love of God, we're a community-based organization. We're also an FBO. We're a faith-based organization. There are true believers that work at Londo Christian Legal Center, and we give these individuals the help that they need to make it a better place because we need these fathers back in the community. We need uh, sons and daughters and all these individuals back in the community. We need to shower them with love and give them the support. We need to give them religious support, the physical support, and make sure that they aren't going to get back in a bad situation. I'm going to pause there because for those, it's, it's not predominantly black here, but you don't give a black man a mic. So I'm going to pause there in case you haven't heard. <laughs> and I'm going to introduce the VP of External Affairs, uh, Matthew McFarland, and he's going to uh, put a little icing on cake for us. Amen? Amen. He's right. Don't give a black man a mic. <laughs> Actually, he's a, he's a very good singer, too, um, but he didn't bust into that. Uh, yeah, my name's Matthew McFarlane. I'm the Vice President of External Affairs as of, I think, last week uh, for Londo Christian Legal Center. Um, I don't have a lot to add. I, you know, I wanted to come up here and say something really profound. I don't think I'm capable of doing that. But what I will say is I'm not just a Vice President of External Affairs. I'm also Matthew McFarland, the recovering heroin addict and crack cocaine addict. This is a picture of me a little over eight years ago when I left Cook County Jail for the last time. I found God in jail that day on December. <laughs> on December 9th of 2015, I got on my knees when I, when I entered Cook County Jail for the last time. This is also a 68-page rap sheet that basically reads like a horror story of somebody who was struggling from substance abuse who went in and out and in and out of the criminal justice system until I found an off-ramp. That off-ramp was God, and that off-ramp is this partnership between Lawndale Christian Legal Center and Good News in the Neighborhood. Since its inception of this program in Chicago, we've interviewed over 7,000 people and we've served almost 4,000 people. We've helped them to find housing, substance abuse treatment, mental health treatment, and turn their lives around. So there's a lot more Matthew McFarlands out there today as a result of this program and this partnership. I eventually won custody of my daughter. I eventually bought a home. Um, and today, you know, I'm actually friends with the Cook County Sheriff. I never thought that would happen. <laughs> Uh, but he, <laughs> let me tell you, that was, and I have his personal cell phone number, if you can believe that. Um, but this partnership is so important because uh, we've been working in, um, in Cook County Jail for years now, and, and recently we were able to roll out into Maywood. But this new partnership with Good News in the Neighborhood allows us to start serving Palatine and Rolling Meadows, which is hundreds, possibly thousands more people because of this partnership will be helped. That's what this program and this partnership is really about, is, is giving people a leg up. It's about community safety. It's about giving people an opportunity to change. Um, people like myself who needed that off-ramp. So I'm just here to announce the partnership and say how grateful we are um, for it. And thank you, because this partnership is going to save a lot of lives. Thank you. So right now we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for this.
partnership. If you could just push your hands forward onto the stage. God, we thank you right now, God, for what you're doing, God. God, we don't know how it's going to turn out, God, but we believe in a God who works all things out for the good of them that love the Lord, God. So we are praying a hedge of protection around whoever's going to be hired for this, God, that they could help people find resources, God, come out of their situations, God. For we believe in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances, God. There is no, there is nothing too hard that can be redeemed, God. There is nothing too deep that can be redeemed, God. We know that you are a redeeming God. We thank you for what you're going to do in this partnership. Bless Lawndale Christian Leadership Center, God. Bless them, God, as they move forward in their endeavors, God. We bless your holy name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Uh, I'm so thankful that uh, Good News in the Neighborhood is a courageous church. Uh, that believes God fulfills his promises to us and believes that we can be a part of that promise fulfilled for others. And this is um, some of that. And so we're so thankful for, um, for you guys and what you're doing. Uh, Christian, so thankful for you and all the effort that you give. The things that we get to be a part of here as we reach out into this community is amazing. And it is because we believe that we are good news for everyone, for everyone, for everyone. And we believe that we are good news, the second one, for each other. Good news for each other. What um, sparked in me so quickly a love for this church, this church that has changed my life and is the reason I am where I am is, um, and I've been around churches for quite some time, uh, simply put, I've never experienced a church that speaks to the very thing that Jesus spent so much of his ministry speaking to. I would suggest that the main thrust of, his, of Christ's teaching on earth in the New Testament is speaking to and warning against the dangers of self-righteousness. I'm compelled to turn to Luke 18. You can turn there uh, with me if you'd like. I think this is a simple enough parable that if you don't have a Bible or can't turn there, you'll be able to follow along. But in Luke 18, we're in the middle of Christ's ministry, and in verse 9... He's continuing to teach, and the context of 17 tells us that he's got his disciples, he's got the extra disciples, people who are interested, some Pharisees are listening, and he says this, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. They believed they were righteous and look down on others. This is what Jesus teaches. This, here's the parable. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Jesus quickly draws the extremes. The most righteous to those who are considered thieves and cheats and um, betrayers. A Pharisee and a tax collector. He says, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed. Some translations say, uh, standing by himself prayed to himself. Doesn't sound like a very good thing. It says, God, I... This is the Pharisee's prayer. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes to, of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest saying, be merciful to me, a sinner. Here's this context, this picture of a Pharisee, the most righteous, Claiming his own deeds and how good he is. And here's this tax collector. He can't even look up to the Lord. And he beat his chest and he said, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said this. I tell you that this man, this tax collector, 
went down to his house justified rather than the other. I mean, this would have been a drop-the-mic moment. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. When we are good to each other, that step is made in the understanding that God's rules, God's laws, God's do's and don'ts, the example that Jesus Christ sets for himself, Jesus was not portraying for us the way to get to God. And I've sat in some churches and I've been around people and I've walked in that way of thinking that God's law is given to me so that I can know the way to earn God. When God's laws are given to me, to show me that I could never live up to this. And Jesus is not an example for me to follow. He is the way. He is the way. He is my righteousness. And I'm so thankful we aren't a church that believes that we're all in this race to achieve higher status. And what's so dangerous is when we think of ourselves in regards to how righteous, how good we are, We can't do that without comparing ourselves to one another. But when my identity is in Christ, I'm not comparing myself to others because it's not me. I'm not righteous in and of myself. So God's laws to me, God's do's and don'ts that are in the Bible aren't given to me to somehow work hard enough to earn his love and respect. I have it. We have it. And we are here for one another so that we can see how unable we are to achieve that. And so Jesus Christ gave himself. And that step of understanding the gospel in that way creates a unity that is just unlike anything else. And there is nothing like the church when the church is working right in that way. And we are good news for each other. Amen? Amen. We are good for everyone. We are good news for each other. And we are good with our Bibles. Christian, you want to speak to that? All right. So, we are good with our Bibles, but my topic is that being a multi-ethnic church is being good with our Bibles. Being a multi-ethnic church is being good with our Bibles. Do you guys know that 86% of churches today are not diverse? I want you to look around. Look around at each other. And when I speak of diversity, I'm not talking about just black and white. I'm talking about Hispanic, Asian. I'm talking about different ethnicities, tribes, and languages coming together to worship God. Coming together in the fullness thereof. Amen? Okay, so the first one I want to speak to is that a multi-ethnic church is about reconciliation. A lot of times we only see the person of Jesus as just a man, right? He came down. He is the fullness of God, right? But Jesus' coming is actually the fullness of us as well. It's the fullness of people coming together in unity. And we can see this in Ephesians 2, 14 through 18. So if you want to turn there, still church. Ephesians 2, 14 through 18 says, For he himself is our peace. That's Jesus who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. And I'm going to stop right there. 
Because in the fulfillment of Jesus coming down as a baby, he came down to fulfill the law. A lot of people think that the Old Testament got pushed to the side, all the regulations. No, Jesus came so that you guys, every one of us can have a right to the tree of life. And Paul was talking to not only the Jews, but he was talking to the Gentile people. And if you don't know who the Gentile people are, the Gentile people are you and I. Those people who were not a part of the children of Israel. So when Jesus came down, it wasn't that he was trying to do something just for the Jews because he sat, he sat with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those who were intelligent, those who knew the law. But he also travailed through all over the Mediterranean region in order to talk to those who were poor, to those who people cast away, to those people who were broken, to those people who needed healing, to those people who were not even included ever in the law. Amen? So when we talk about Jesus, we have to consider that in our multi-ethnic church, he's for you and I. Amen? Amen? Far too long have we worshipped separately. I grew up in a black church. I love the black church. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But a multi-ethnic church also creates space for empathy. How can we ever understand one another if we never come together? How can we ever understand who Jesus is for all people if we're never worshiping together? How can we ever understand who God is if we never see ourselves in the fullness of God? Amen? You don't go to work and talk about racism, politics, all the isms and schism in the world, do you? You don't come to church and you don't do that. But let me tell you something. We took time in this this little winter season to teach a class called How to Be a Neighbor. And we talked about the challenges, and it was hard. Even me trying to write the things, because me and Pastor Luke, we sat and we talked. It was hard, because we have to be able to speak life into those hurts and those pains of our historical context. We can't forget where we've come from. Amen? It's not that we remember all the hurts and the pains, but it's that we travail to another place in which God would have us to go, right? This is where we are in this place, in this church, when we can worship together. And last but not least, a multi-ethnic church honors the fullness of God. And I love this because when I was in theology school, we talked about Imago Dei, which is the image of God. If you don't know, some people have images of Jesus in which he's black, Right? Some people have images of Jesus in which he's white with blonde hair and blue eyes. And Jesus is neither. Jesus is neither. He's like a Middle Eastern man. But the reason that we did this, the reason we did this, all people did this. Now they put, they put dreads in his hair and they color them up, right? But the reason this occurred was because they needed to understand God as they were. I need to see a God that looks like me because for so long people separated me out. They denigrated me. They dishonored me. They said my skin wasn't enough. The color of my skin wasn't worthy of sitting beside you on a pew. So now when we are in a new age in which multi-ethnic churches exist, it is time for us to honor who God is. It is time for us to worship who God is because God is not a God of just white people. He's not a God of just black people. He's not a God of just Israel. He's not a God of just the Hispanic church. He's a God of all people. Amen. He's a God of all people. I leave you with this. 
Latasha Morrison, she said in Be the Bridge, she says, no one tribe of people can adequately display the fullness of God. The truth is that it takes every tribe, it takes every tongue, and it takes every nation to reflect the image of who God is. Amen? So I want to say this. When you're in this place and you're able to worship God, give it to him. Because let me tell you, there is no other place that you can turn left and turn right and you can see all the children of who God created and worship together. That is what heaven will be like. That is what heaven would be like. And if we're trying to get there together, let's be like heaven here on earth. Amen. Um, I keep having to follow these things that are like awful. Golly. Thank you for that. Oh my gosh. That was incredible. Um, it is easy for a church to, uh, put values like this on a website, on a banner, on Instagram. Um, it is really easy to choose which flag you fly on top of the ship. The difficult thing in any organization, but a church for sure is to make those values the rudder, the actual thing that, uh, guides and directs. And I am so thankful this last step is the understanding that, um, that we receive good from God. That we are good for everyone and we're good to each other and we're good with our Bibles, but the good news is from the Lord and we are extremely blessed. The goodness that we bring out into the community and that we are to each other is not somehow just created in us. We understand that we are giving what we have received. We have nothing that we have not received. Um, Pastor Luke is uh, my best friend, and uh, I was just thinking about it today. I wouldn't even be able to get into it all, but the things that we've been through in the last 10 years are stunning, and um, one of the things that God has given me is a best uh, friend. In, uh, in Luke, and I'm not going to make eye contact with him because he's going to hate this part, but, um, but we have a pastor, and I actually, when I first got here, I spent a lot of time at y'all's house, um, and I would actually joke around with Kristen because I'd be over there, we'd be like watching the game or whatever, and she was always sitting at this one spot at their table just working, 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 working. There's so much work that goes into this, and God has given us any time in Scripture when God is getting his people together, he gives them a leader. And we have a good leader at our church. And we have good leaders at our church. Amen. Amen. And uh, they work tirelessly to make sure that this isn't just, that these values aren't just a flag that waves over the church, but are the rudder that directs the church and the effort, tireless effort that goes into that. And as that leadership expands in this church, and God has so blessed our church. I mean, that worship this morning, that was unbelievable. And the talent, and, and, and Austin, what you do with this tea, it's incredible what the Lord is doing here. So many good things from God. Well, uh, Pastor Luke's favorite thing, like in the whole year, is July 4th, when there's like, I don't know, 5 million people. And over the last few years when we've gone out there, um, he'll say uh, several times, and it's, it's awesome. Of all the trivial conversations we have, one that is constant is seeing those people and he'll just say, Jesus loves every one of these people. Every single one of them needs to know how much they are loved. And we are receiving so much good from God. And so we're so thankful for you too. We're so thankful that you have led this church in a way that has allowed God to bless it. 
and continues to bless it. And there's so many amazing stories. That story about the chairs. Luke called me the other day. We worked so hard on finding these chairs. It's like, hey, I don't know. Like, we found, like, I have to cancel that order. I got a text. We just found chairs. This is incredible. One of the things that's happening right now, actually, I think we're right in the middle of God doing an amazing thing. I'm going to bring two friends up uh, real quick. Uh, a, a thing that we're right in the middle of God doing that I think is going to turn and trust is going to turn into an amazing story. Our, uh, my two friends here, Noah and Jocelyn, have just moved in town, and they love this church and love what God is doing. And if you've ever taken a big step like they've just taken, you kind of understand that sometimes the, the paragraph you know that is your story that God's called you to is blurry, and sentence by sentence it becomes clearer. And their first sentence was to move here. And they've done that. And I want uh, you to hear their story a bit and be introduced to uh, Noah and Jocelyn. It's so special that we're here today for a couple of reasons. Um, Noah and I were a part of Luke and Kristen's life in the process in which Good News was starting three years ago. And at that point, we made a move to Washington for a season to pursue ministry out there. And um, that season was great. And we had this hunger uh, within us to be a part of an intimate community that practiced what it preached, that loved their neighbors well, that worshiped passionately, and were fantastic examples of that. And um, through God's crazy story, <laughs> we're here. And we get to be a part of this church family that we've been praying for for years. And um, we're so excited. And it's it's more than we could have ever really asked or imagined, actually. And we don't really even know, like he was saying, like what our future looks like entirely. But we know that God has a purpose and a beautiful thing happening a part of it, this church right here. And uh, we're so, so excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're excited to meet all of you uh, or re-meet some of you. Uh, super thankful for this. Um, we are believing in faith and what Justin and I have been praying about is one day planning a like-minded church here in Chicago. That's what we would love to do, and the Lord's in charge of the timing of all of that, but that's what we really, uh, that's in our hearts, and we're praying about that every single day. Uh, but what we want to do in this season is we want to do a few things. One, we want to listen. We want to listen to the Lord's voice. We want to listen to you. We want to listen to our leaders. Uh, number two, we want to learn. Um, there's a lot that I need to learn. Joe knows everything. I don't know everything. But, um, and then we want to lighten the, the burden, uh, because this is hard work. It is hard work, and we're happy to... Um, pick up work wherever we can. And so we're thankful to be a part of this church and uh, thankful for each one of you. Amen. So I want to encourage you as we see these values, as we see them on the wall, as we see them on the website and see them on social media, that, that we believe these things. We, these are our convictions. This is what God is blessing and God is blessing this place. And again, wherever you are on the story of from the beginning or just stepping in or have been walking with Jesus for quite some time or starting to introduce yourself, wherever you are, this is a good place. This is a safe place to come and be who you are. You don't have to clean yourself up to come here. And we love and we forgive and we exalt the name of Jesus in this place. And we're so thankful. Uh, we've got a short video here. It's part of our celebration. Check. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.